Salut tout le monde, the game is over, but we are here and we have a great show for you tonight. You can see Andrew Berkshire is right here, right here, right there, ready to go. Uh, he'll jump in in just one moment, but uh, I, I want to hear what the fans have to say about tonight. Because I thought that was a, a weird game, but a good game for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they didn't get that extra point, so everyone that worries about the tank, you're happy. Played reasonably well. Um, some clear deficiencies. And the number one storyline for me, I don't know if there's any Pittsburgh Penguin fans, but... Sidney Crosby is still a very good hockey player, isn't he, Andrew? Yeah, I love seeing the guys my age actually wreck it out there. That's yeah, the guys. That's the worst party when everyone's like, "Oh man, he's thirty-six. He's oldest, oldest guy in the league in the history of sports." Is Sidney Crosby, and yet tonight, three points. Uh, just a fantastic player, and um, you know, he, 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 I I feel like he's scored more points. How many points do you think Sidney Crosby has gotten in forty-seven games against the Canadians, Andrew? Uh, and for, he has something like 60-something, doesn't he? 62. Yeah. It feels low, doesn't it? If it, it feels low, but I think people forget that for a long time, Crosby specifically in Montreal kind of struggled. Uh, he really was, struggled was with the Plakanich matchup. Yeah. 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 And in the playoffs, he's struggled against Montreal as well. So as, as great as that is, that's Sidney Crosby struggling for like half his career in Montreal. Absolutely. Okay, so they're saying the stream's a little low. I'm going to pop us up a little bit there just to make sure that we don't... Uh break anyone's ears if it's still a little low on the stream just let me know and i'll boost the volume all right salut tout le monde um everyone in the chat we love all of you full full inclusive every single one and if you could can you go ahead and subscribe and click like and all that fun stuff the most important thing for us is getting people chatting on social media about how much fun we have so we're lucky that we have an amazing Habs fan community here uh but if you want to share clips or, or just talk about it that's the best thing because for some reason, when I brag about myself, people don't really believe it. Uh, so if you could go ahead and do that, that would be great. Jason Wilkinson. So we do have some Penguins fans saying, as a Penguins fan, that was a good game. It's always a fun game between these two. What's up? What's up, Andrew? I love that. <laughs> that game, it was like part and parcel of why the NHL fucking makes me angry. <laughs> Wait, tell me. Tell was... me. Tell me. Okay. So the game had a good flow. And then the refs decide to call a bunch of chintzy-ass penalties, completely ruin the flow. And then when it comes time where the pressure is actually applied, they put the whistles away. It's every goddamn game like this. I'm so tired of it. I know you were saying, <laughs> I saw you on Twitter, Mark, saying the Slavkovsky yeah. penalty is a penalty. All day long. No, All day it's long. Not. That it's was not. a penalty 20 no. years ago. If you stop skating Here, Mark, and you put your Mark, stick in someone's Mark. hands, that's a penalty. And it's a by dumb penalty and it's a lazy penalty. By the letter Slavkovsky. of the law, that's a by hook. the letter of the law, I agree with you. Yeah. If that's a penalty... There's a penalty every shift of every sure. game in the NHL. Absolutely. Every single shift. But that one looks even worse, Andrew, because it's when the guy stops skating. The other guy's still moving, right? So, honestly... It was a one-handed tap! That, he didn't yeah. even hook him. Yeah, he well, he did. Move. And that's that's the bad part, is that Slavkovsky made it too obvious, right? Like, the, the guy, all, all he had to do was keep moving. Slavkovsky stops. That is physics working. So, a guy just had to do one of these, and sure. that's a penalty. But, hey, okay, at but least they called obvious? Malkin. At least they called Malkin. And, and Did you think uh, they were going to call that? I didn't think so. I didn't think so because he's he got away with everything in that game. <laughs> yeah. Like how many times did he slap uh, the the sequence where they Slap-off. scored the the uh, I think it was the second goal. Uh, how many sl- times did he slash David Savard? Like seven. Yes, and <laughs> held his stick, took his stick out of his hands Just... and threw it on the ice. And then when Savard finally gets his stick back and Savard like engages with him a little bit, Malkin's like, Ugh! like oh my god, I love him, Giddy Malkin. Yeah, but. 
Oh, he is so enraging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. so enraging. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I will say this, though, too. The one thing I didn't like about that was Saval doing the old, like, where's the penalty? And I get it why they do it, but, man, the Habs have been doing that a lot this year, and I think the refs do not like that. But um, do you know why they do it, though? Because that's the only way you'll get the, like, you really have to really put it in their face and show. Yeah, like, yeah you, you do. Yeah. And I think that was, he already tried to pick up his stick a couple of times, and it was slashed back down. And he was like, what am I supposed to do here? Mm-hmm. I, I get it. I, it does annoy me, too, when the players are, like, looking at the ref all the time. But I think also, when the standard is wildly different for one team than for the other team, whether it's the fault because, like, there's two different refs and the back refs call and everything, whatever – it's frustrating for players. So they're, they're human as well. You Big know, like time, we yeah. talk all the time about the refs being human and making mistakes. So are the players. And I, I thought the Canadians were extremely frustrated tonight after that slew of penalty calls. Slavkovsky's. I thought Kovacevic's was pretty damn weak as well. That one I didn't really understand, actually. I went back and I guess by letter of the laws interference. Um, I don't know. It just looked like two guys running into each I, other. I didn't even see a push. I thought I thought that was literally no. like Newton's third law of motion. Yeah, two guys hitting each other. Yeah, that wasn't that was a bad call, yeah. But I, I did love seeing how well Lars Eller played. That, that you was know, nice you said that, and that's when I asked on Twitter, I honestly didn't notice him, but I was right. Really? Yeah, I didn't. I was, thought he was the best Penguin in the third period by far. Well, that doesn't surprise me, but I've heard some negative things since he's been to Pittsburgh, so hopefully. I have too. Yeah. I mean, last year in Washington, everyone was saying he was washed, and it's around that time for a mostly defensive player. But I, I liked his, his play tonight. Really liked Sidney Crosby's play tonight, too. The rest of the Penguins, honestly, I don't think they were... like I know they played last night, and they traveled last yeah. night, but they were very clearly not the better team tonight. What, like what, The Canadians took them to the woodshed. Every time that it was an extended period at even strength, the only time the Penguins had extended periods of dominance was either Crosby putting on an absolute clinic mm-hmm. or unforced errors by the Canadians. Uh, Caden Gooley on the first goal... Uh, I, I forget who else had like a pass just right into the middle of the slot as well. Might have been uh, Justin Barron. You're just going with your with the with the odds on that one, aren't you? <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Sorry, Justin. I, it's not meant to be mean, but he has been struggling lately. <laughs> but you know what, no, Mark? And the other thing is going to a shootout. And I know that like sometimes when it's a long shootout, it's like a little bit more entertaining because there's you know suspense to it and everything. Mm-hmm. But when you go from three on three overtime to a shootout. It's like you're going to hook up, right? And halfway through sex, they're like, you know what? Let's end it with a hand job. That's what a shootout is. I mean, wouldn't be the worst it's Wednesday terrible. night I've ever had, but like it'll finish the game. <laughs> it'll finish the game, but no one's really that happy. Would you rather go back to ties? Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind ties. I really don't. I- I'd rather just do a ten minute period. I know they'll never do it for, for overtime, but like just do a ten minute three on three. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. And I mean, there's one or is it we go up to Trizak had had a really good comment here. And here's and I'm I'm kind of with Trizak on this is I feel like every single game we're blaming the refs. Um, but when you say it's, Again, it is, it's not about wins and losses, they're just terrible at their jobs. Well, this uh, is it. And, and Trizak has a really good point is how the teams adapt to it and respond that matters. And I agree with that. However, you know what I'm about to say, Andrew, how do you adapt to something that is constantly changing, right? Like, like I will, I will give you that that Slavkovsky call. You can call it a thousand times in other games, but that's the issue, right? Like, he'll get away with it in three more games. It is a penalty, but he'll get away with it in three games. So, how do you adapt to that? Like, how do you adapt? You can't. You can't. Like, different refs have different ideas of what's a call, and it seems like game, like in a game, it changes, right? First yep. period is different than third period, and it, it's stupid the way that the NHL 
does their officiating. It's not about an individual ref as much as people want to rag on like Chris Lee or, or whoever. I know Leafs fans hate uh, what's his face there who has the funny calls. Oh, no, no, no. Um, uh, okay, oh, the okay. guy that, yeah, but it was like with Keith's, yeah, he shouldn't be refing Leafs games. I forget his name. Yeah, it is, it is weird, but also it's He's not like, that good of a ref, though. I don't know why everyone loves him. It's just because he makes his funny call. What's his name? Because he goes fighting. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Show one iota of personality in the NHL. And yeah, like, oh, 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 holy Lose shit, this mind. guy's hilarious. Wes McCauley. Wes McCauley, that's the name. Yeah, but I, I'm just, I'm tired of, of all that. It's like, this game won't get out of its not the game sorry the league won't get out of its own way i love this sport with every fiber of my being but the nhl itself pisses me off and it's not about wins and losses it's just about the stupidity right you know like earlier in the game we'll call out a missed penalty on the canadians jake evans absolutely mashed Sidney crosby in the face with a high stick and the refs were like eh (laughs) like (laughs) you just call it like if you're gonna call the stupid shit Call the real stuff too. What if you have, and because it's it's it, it is a fast game, Andrew. We do have to admit that. And again, I I'm, I'm defending yeah. the refs now, and I was defending Bergevin last episode. But like, it's it's so much easier for us to see it, you know, the minutia of like frame by frame, right? How do you solve it? Is it that you have instead of because you know in the NHL, I, I believe it's like in the last five minutes in the playoffs, automatic reviews. What if you have a guy in the booth upstairs every single game, like, or, or you expand the Toronto War booth? Um, is that how you fix it? Because I'm I'm, I'm yep. really struggling to see. Oh, okay, so you go full rugby style, where you have. I, I would up. have, yeah. I would have rookie refs. Half of their games are in the stands, and mm-hmm. I would hire like five times more refs than they currently have. Just mm-hmm. a mass upgrade, like a mass hiring. Mm-hmm. So you have multiple off ice officials for every game that can speak live with the officials on the ice. Yeah, and tell them if they missed something. Tell them if they made just a, like a wrong call. Just like rugby. Yeah. yeah. It would necessitate a lot of people checking their egos at the door, which I think is hard to do. But this is the pros, man. Like we talk, if we're going to relitigate offsides, let's get the other calls right too, without delaying the game all the time. Yeah, but but just don't make sure you don't miss the glass by a quarter inch on your on your clear, because then then you're going to the penalty box. I agree with you, Andrew. I just. I feel like the NHL, anytime it tries to solve an issue, it kind of causes five others. For example, the offside thing. I mean, what it was, Matt Shine was offside once, and now yeah. we have to live with the ghost of sadness for the rest of our life because, I mean, yeah, he was 14 feet offside, but it, that happened once. So I, I, I don't want to give the NHL more. I feel like one of their issues, it's the fastest game on earth, all that fun stuff, but once they start to get involved with it, that's where you ruin all momentum, right? So I, I absolutely get what you're saying. I just, they have to implement it in a way that would be reasonably fast. And and I don't know if that's possible. Uh, if you can talk to refs on the ice live, why wouldn't it be fast? Well, if you've and, got and that's what they do in rugby. Angles. That's what they do in rugby. Okay, so just yeah. so th- for those that don't know, um, rugby essentially, if there's an issue, the guy, the eye in the sky will call down the ref and then it goes live on the speakers. The entire er, er, stadium will hear what's happening. And the guy, the eye in the sky will say, hey, look, this is what happened. And this is what we should have called. This was our mistake. We're going to fix it now. Everybody loves it. Why not? I mean, it it just makes sense. I find I'm at the point in my life now where whether it's hockey or politics or anything, Mm -hmm. when people are like, oh, well, that would be difficult to do. I don't care. Figure it out. That's your job. That's a fair fair point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like people who say, oh, it can't be done. You're a loser then. Oh, it can be done. I'm just worried no no no. i'm not saying you're saying that putting in the nhl's hands though yes that's what i'm worried about 
but that's kind of the issue with the NHL entirely, well, right? Well, here, it needs we, to be torn down and started again. Like well, here, we so have a ref in it. our chat right now. So uh, the Shirin or the Shirin, sorry if I'm misspelling that or mispronouncing it. One point to add: referee training needs to happen at minor hockey league level. Yes, the training for refs at every level is terrible, and that's absolutely an issue. So because Definitely. of all the abuse from parents that are just psychotic and trying to relive their lives through their children, there are very few referees becoming referees because these are guys or, or, or women that are 14, 15, 16 year old coaching or refereeing 10 year olds getting the father wants to fight them, you know, in the parking lot. So there's no one else joining. Yep. So it starts. Or the Tim grass. Peel wants to fight them. Well, Tim Peel, he does six ounce curls every night and then jumps on Twitter. I think we saw that. But the thing is that well, you, you, you saw that though, right? When he tried to like, he was like verbally berating kids, like kid oh, referees. No, I only saw him say like, oh, no big deal that uh, Kenville like uh, hid the whole abuse thing. Get him back in the league. That's why. That's when I finally blocked him on Twitter. And I'll tell you this, and I'm not going to say who said it, but you'll notice no referee ever talks to Tim Peel online. <laughs> I have noticed that. Not a all. single one. And they never will. I'm just saying. Tim Peel is an embarrassment to... Not just the NHL and not just refereeing, but to life. I'm with you, Andrew. And I think the Sharon, and it's really good that we have the Sharon in the chat. It starts at the grassroots level. The training needs to be there, but the respect needs to be there. I really liked the other night, and I know everyone hated it. You know when the ref essentially said, like, both of you, both the benches, shut the fuck up or I'm sending you to your rooms? Yes. And then right away, Forsberg got up and you see the F word come out. The ref was like, fine, you're out. I love that. I love them reinstating their power, but then... That means they have to have a clean game, right? Like they can't start. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. The... That is the thing. That means they can't do any bullshit either, right? Because if the players are rightfully upset, you know, like Brendan Gallagher so often is, <laughs> then you can't be like, "Well, shut your mouth." Eh. Yeah, there is a level that you can't cross, obviously, with the ref. Yeah. That's why there's unsportsmanlike conduct mm -hmm. penalties. Uh, uh, hey, there was an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty missed tonight when Latang fired the puck in the empty net. I've seen players penalized well, for that before. What was it? Uh... Yeah. After the play, it was like after a delayed penalty call. Okay. And Montebo was out of the net, and Latang got the puck and fired really? it in the in the Habs empty net. It's yeah. not a Latin thing to do. He's frustrated. I mean, the Pittsburgh Penguins should be frustrated right now. I, they I, should I, be one hundred percent. I wrote to my boss. He was in Montreal, and I was like, "Hey, man, like, how are the Habs winning three one? Like, this is <laughs> really embarrassing for the Pittsburgh Penguins." And it's not like I know Carlson gave away that puck early in the game, right after I wrote. But Carlson's been amazing. For the Pittsburgh Penguins this season. So imagine they didn't have Carlson. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on in Pittsburgh. And we'll get to that too. We'll talk about Sidney Crosby. 36 years old, just dominant, all that fun stuff. Um, Evan says, Mark, you should say something nice about Tim Peel to even it up. Tim Peel has nah. never been arrested for murder that I know of. That's the nicest thing I'm going to say. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but yeah, so Trizak, another good point. And, and Andrew, I, I bring this all the time. I love taking the other... I'm with you. I Frustrating refereeing ruins a lot of games fastest game on earth on earth and the refereeing is an issue but here's what Trizak says I'll, I'll let you come in right after that I think focusing on the rest tonight is missing the main story yet again the Habs special teams weren't special yet again they had the dagger and dropped it yet again the Habs lost to a tired team now this is the seventh game the Habs have faced someone that's tired which is a lot right Andrew I feel like that's a lot yes and the seventh time well, I don't lost. know if it's a lot I have no idea but well seven in the first 20 whatever games that's and they've lost every single one maybe of a lot I don't know I believe they, they lost lead every single every one? single one of them. I mean, how many of those were they also on a back-to-back -back, though? Two, two. Oh, that's bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know they had a stretch where they lost three in a row to teams that were on the second half of a back-to-back. -back. That's weird. It's weird. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the special teams weren't great. 
Um, I think the first couple power plays were all right. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Monaghan scored one there. After that, they kind of fell apart again. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Josh Anderson is still on the second wave power play. I I get it, but I don't agree. I with don't. That. I don't. At, at this point, I don't. Uh, I think at this where, point you're, you're right. Yeah, it's starting to be a bit much. Where Josh Anderson was used in the shootout, I think tells you literally everything. They have no confidence in this player. They're trying their best to get the most out of him. But you mentioned it on Twitter during the game. He's now at a 35% expected goal score. He's percentage. one of the worst players in the entire NHL, like Barnard. Yes. Like, if he can't score, he is literally an unplayable player. He's an anchor like, on every line. And, yeah. It, it is, it's awful. It's awful to watch. And that shootout attempt tonight, I don't know what the hell he was trying to do. But he looked like he did not give a shit. And... <laughs> That's something that hasn't been like the issue for him, I don't think. But if that's actually an issue now, send him to Mexico for a week. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, Let I thought you were going to Laval there. <laughs> like, no, 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 not even Laval. Punta Cana, get away just... from the game, man. Go get a tan, do a, a drink Bob a Gainey bunch either. of booze, yeah yeah, 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 and then come back refreshed and start your season over. Because right now, there is not a single player in Laval that I wouldn't rather in the lineup over him. I just mean, to see them. Simon Gignac, sign him to a contract and he'll have a bigger impact. I'm not even joking. I'm not trying to... 100%. Neil Heineman will. Yeah, it, and I actually hope they do play him because he does bring that physical side too that, that Anderson does, but he can also put the puck in the net. I'll say this. You know when you mentioned like you think he might be broken? They panned to him after... You know, uh, either first or second period, he had like four shots in a row where really... They, they weren't the highest danger shots, but they were in a high danger area. And then the last one, he whipped it wide. They panned to him on the bench, and he was a broken man. Like, he was just yep. sitting there, you know, basically no thoughts going through his head. It's just that feeling of frustration. I I, I get why Martin saint is doing it, but I disagree with it because they would not give this leeway to any other player, Andrew. Like, no. at all. There, there's very few players that would get this much leeway. Uh, I was actually ironically talking about Ryan Reeves like that with uh, with Steve Dangle because his uh, actual goals for percentage. Do you want to guess what it is this year for Mark? Reeves? For Ryan Reeves, yeah, probably around Anderson level. It's like thirty. I, yeah, I looked the other day. It was really bad. It was like thirty-seven or thirty-eight percent or something. Thirteen percent. What? Oh, 13%. Oh, oh, not expected. Actual. Okay. Actual goals. <laughs> actual goals. Thirteen percent. He is allowing the, I think it's the second most goals against per 60 of any player in the entire league, 648th out of 650. The only player worse is Matt Coronado, a rookie in Calgary, who's barely played. And he's still going out there. He's played 20 out of 27 games or whatever. So, uh, like, there's, there's, it could be worse, is what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess, but. This is still an unplayable player right now. I, I like uh, Montreal MUFC says with those facts now laid out on the table about the Habs losing matches against teams in the second half of a back-to-back, who should be blamed? Players as bad learners or coaches as lousy teachers? Honestly, I don't think it's a thing. I think I think it's just random variance right, well, in the, and the team. And they're not that good a of a team either. We also have to be yeah, conscious. The, the team loses interest. a lot. Yes. Like exactly. this one, did they deserve to lose this game? No. I re- I truly don't believe so. No. I saw some people saying that uh, Montebo was really good. I thought he was. He was okay. He was okay. He was good in the shootout, I guess. But uh, I, no, game... you know what? No, he wasn't. Every shooter was bad. That's what happened today. Yeah, that's true too. I, I've never seen a shootout, and maybe the chat can can correct me on this. That where people were just coming in and 
Andersoning it on net, you know, just just whipping it right on the crest. It was Anderson wasn't the only guy that had a bad shootout attempt tonight, in my opinion. Um, obviously, it's a little more important for him to get on the board, but I thought Montaubo was just okay, just okay. The Habs were the better team, though, and I'll say this, okay, Andrew. The next thing I want to talk about, because you know Stavkovsky has been the topic du jour. I thought he had a lot of good chances. Um, how long does Martin Saint Louis stay patient with? That line. I'll, I'll throw this at you. Tonight, they had the expected goals was about 75%. Their yeah. shot share was above 65%, if I remember correctly. Led the team. They have zero points at 5-on-5 five five since they've been put together. Now, this is the epitome of a line that has a ton of potential, and the process is there, but they're not getting the results. How long does Martin Saint-Louis stay patient, knowing that Josh Anderson was on the second power play unit? So patience is a thing in Montreal. Right. Yeah. I think that's the big key, right? Is if they break up this line that seems to be functioning in every possible way, except for scoring the goals, which we know Caulfield is ice cold. We know Slavkovsky's shooting is not great, but it's mm -hmm. getting there. He's getting the chances. Then that to me betrays a bit of a problem in their philosophy. Okay. If they're willing to be patient for Josh Anderson for 29 games now, continually giving him opportunities mike hoffman for two seasons <laughs> no. you know uh, evgeny dadnov for like 50 something games last year like if you're giving all this patience to guys that you're maybe putting on the trade block mm -hmm. you better give it to your developing guys so i'm I not agree. really worried that they're gonna split it up but i am i am though i am i, I i'm not because we've seen the patience right like if they start getting outplayed maybe i don't but, have they they've been outplayed like twice i think maybe once, Once was sure. last game. Yeah, for sure. And I think that might be it, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, they've been really, really good together. And I think going forward in the future, because they're playing so well, they kind of have to let it ride. Right? Let them develop the, the chemistry to, to get it. that goal scoring going. It's it the is time. the time to do it. I agree with you. Um, I'm just... I, I remember Nick Suzuki mentioning specifically, and twice now, not just after one game. He mentioned it about two games ago again. He's like, I really hope... They keep us together. So I'm hoping that Nick, as the captain, he would he would have no issue talking to Martin Selim and saying, hey, listen, I know we're playing like we're playing well. Leave us here. So it doesn't worry me that much, but I get the sense they won't be as patient with Slavkovsky as they've been with other veterans. And and maybe I'm just being negative for no reason because it hasn't happened yet. But I really hope that they uh, keep giving them those chances. I Like, I mean, yeah, I, I would be putting Slavkovsky on that top power play unit. Now, I understand so why Monaghan is there. Um He's really good, but well, Slaff um, is too now when it's five, isn't he? Is, oh, was he? Was he? Okay, I wasn't. Yeah, I was he was on the top that, unit. Well, I noticed that. Okay, Suzuki was playing um, net front presence at one point. And I thought, that yeah, was that, that's because Slaff has struggled in the middle, so they put Slaff on the wall. Okay, and I, Suzuki in the middle. I liked Slavkovsky playing net front. That being said, that tip tonight only Suzuki on the team can get that tip. That, yeah. that the on the uh, Matheson shot that uh, Monahan put in. So no, I, I'm with you. Um, the uh, it's just the the worry for me is that in the long run they'll start to say hey, like we need some points. But did you read? It, I forget who wrote it. Probably Arpin. Um, at one point they were going to send Safkowski down to the AHL actually this year, and it was Martin Saint Louis who intervened. Interesting, right? I thought that was interesting as well. And it was right around the time where I was saying like too like hey man like if you're not going to put him on the top line what the hell like let's just get him some ice time. But it was Martin Saint-Louis that came in and said, I would like to work with him longer. Now, I think 
I'm just guessing in that conversation, they also said, well, then you're going to have to give them ice time, right? Like, that's right. the other side of it. But that's pretty interesting, isn't it? That St. Louis went to the GM and said, no, 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 keep this guy up up here. That's good. No, I, I think that's a great call from Marty St. Louis. And if management then told him to turn around and give him more chances, then good on them as well. <laughs> because the line that he was on when that conversation was happening was an utter disaster. What was it, Anderson and, and I, Anderson and Newhook. And I don't think much of it was Slavkovsky's fault, to be frank. And I he think was, his He was lost, Andrew, then, but it, it wasn't his fault that he was yeah, lost. Yeah, he, he looked lost, but he had no support, right? It, it was a terrible playing style for him. It didn't fit him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, just so happens that every line Anderson is on gets absolutely nuked Weird. by every opponent. Weird. You know, and <laughs> I, I think it's borne out that it wasn't on him since then because his play has taken a, a surprisingly like uh increase like an uptick in a surprisingly strong arc right like i was talking to uh Stu cowan and rick green earlier today on the hio show mm-hmm. and i was saying that slavkovsky's gone from like the beginning of the season where he was as opposed to last year where he was kind of lost the whole year he was starting to anticipate plays yeah but he wasn't there mm-hmm. and then he started to get in on plays and now he's starting to create plays and it's like to take those steps in the matter of about a month from where he was is really, really encouraging. Absolutely. Like that's the kind of development curve that the Canadians were betting on when they drafted him, right? Because it was that steep development curve that happened in the Olympics and then into the playoffs in, uh, is it still SM Liga in the Finnish League? It's just Liga, but yeah. SM, Liga, yeah. 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 Yeah, La, La Liga is something else. Eh? But here's yes. the other part. That, like, can we be honest that he wasn't like I, I, he had ten points in that Liga season, and he was like a point four points per game in the playoffs. I feel it's like overrated. He's never scored at a higher high rate. I don't think Yuri Slavkovsky. I think the only time he's ever had a point per game was under sixteen. Uh, is that not concerning? Also, maybe. I mean, he also in the oh no, the year where he played Liga in, in the U twenty, he actually had point per game U twenty that year as well, if I remember. Yeah, okay. Which is pretty good, but what he about also this did time? it uh, in the World Championships too. Oh yeah, but and the Olympics against Afghanistan or who was he? Kazakhstan or who no. was he playing against there? He did, no. he, did, he did beat up on on bad teams, but you know what? Everyone beats up on bad teams. That's just how those tournaments go, right? I yeah, I mean Peter crit- Forsberg's record-breaking World Juniors, he put up like. 12 points against Japan or something. I remember at one point talking about Cole Caulfield's and, and he had a point per game in the World Juniors and it was Connor McKenna was like, oh, why didn't you should have gotten 15 points? And I was like, okay, if you would have gotten nine points for versus Germany, would you have been much happier? So yeah, we do have to be careful. But here, I'll throw this at you, Andrew, to play devil's advocate again. Uri Slavkovsky is on pace for 20 points this year. Yeah, it's not great. It's bad. That's but, terrible. That's historically the worst. <laughs> well, it's not historically the worst. Well, for there, a, for a first overall there, I'm pretty sure it's the worst ever historically. Yeah. I mean, you got to kind of remember that he's, he missed the first, like the second half of his first season, right? It was a write-off. So where he opinion. is right for now is That really, was a write-off year one. A hundred percent. So like right now he's at like what, game 70? Or maybe uh, not even that. He played 39 last year. And he's at so he's at game um, uh, sixty eight. So Next game yeah, will be he's, game he's 69. not that deep into his career. So like his first sixty eight games, I believe he's outproduced Joe Thornton. So Fair. Joe Thornton that's, was outproducing him beforehand, though, right? Like that's the other part is that he had a history as of a it. rookie. No, oh no, yeah, but yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's totally different. I think that's like I don't expect Uri Slavkovsky to be like a point per game player at any point in his career. No, me I either. expect him to yeah. be like that's fair. a twenty five point. 35 assist guy at his peak or 25 yeah, goals sorry 25 goal, 30, 
and that would be good. And just a power forward who drives play contributes in all situations. We're seeing him that, do that. that that's a what lot I expect him to that's get the encouraging to. Part. Yeah. Like he can get better than that. Sure. But I think for the people who are like, oh, like terrible first overall, like, yeah, that that draft was a weak first overall one of the class. Worst drafts. It's funny because the Kutkinemi year two was one of the worst drafts. That I'll be honest, and I don't, I don't love defending the Habs, but they've gotten terrible luck when they've gotten high picks. Let's be perfectly honest. Even the Galchenyuk they really year. have. And yeah, Gal- go well, Galchenyuk. Even that, like, they got pretty lucky that year. In, oh, he was, in retrospect. He was one it's of the just that they players. bottled it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then they bottled Kutkinemi. I feel like. The, the the fears, at least, from the, you're doing what you did to Kutkinemi and Galchenyuk are kind of dissipated a little because he's on the first line. So at least there's that, right? Like, that's... Yeah. I just don't know how long it'll last, Andrew. I, I'm honestly worried that, you know, it... Uh, oh, yeah, as Bernardo Sunye is saying, so Andrew's saying that uh, Slavkovsky will be better than Joe Thornton? Yes, that's exactly what yeah. he said. Yeah, <laughs> I've compared uh, Slavkovsky to Michael McCarron and Joe Thornton this year. He'll end up somewhere between those two players. <laughs> Speaking I'm really which, narrow. I'm narrowing it down for you all. I was so happy to see Michael McCarron playing yesterday. I I don't know why or not yesterday. Um, whenever it was Sunday, I was really happy to see him uh, on the ice. I don't. I just want to throw that out there because you know, a lot of these players, especially things pressure in Montreal. Speaking about Slavkovsky, it, it can lead to some dark places. So he got the help he needed, and it's a good reminder if anyone needs help. It's out there. Start asking for help, and uh, you're not alone. So uh, Michael McCarron was a really good uh, example of that. I'm just happy to see him smiling and playing hockey. You know what I mean? Because at one point, Laval, he stopped smiling, and that's a really bad sign for hockey players. Yuri Slavkovsky has not stopped smiling, right? So I feel like he has that attitude that he can get through this. But if he didn't have that strength of character, ah, the Habs might be in a worse position. Like, they're, they're, they they really got a good one in terms of, of overall confidence level and 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 just strength of character in Slavkovsky. Yeah, he, he seems like a good kid. Uh, I, I'm really not worried about him anymore. The finishing is the last thing, right? I think and that's never going to be great, though. As you mentioned, like, he's, he, like this is a guy, and I, I'm not trying to be mean, but he still doesn't lift the puck. Like, he, if he could lift the puck, he'd have about 12 goals this year, right? So Yeah, I, I think the, qu- the question with that is, like, is it because his shot is bad or is it because... He's in tight. He's, he's like, he's in those yeah, areas where it's tougher to get it. Yeah. There's tightness, and I feel like he's also overexcited. Yeah. Like, if you watch him on his shot attempts, especially, like, one-timers and stuff, it's almost like he starts to shoot before the puck is there or he'll, like, double clutch and then shoot too late. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a lot of that's just timing, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it'll just get better with age and maturity, and we have to remember that he's 19 years old. I don't think he's ever going to be like, I think some people thought that he was going to be like a 40 goal scorer when he was drafted. Mm. I think his playmaking is better than his shooting, like significantly. So. If he can start if, to create time and space, like, and he's doing it already, if, if that yeah. would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's where we're going to see him is he's going to be a big four checking playmaking winger that gets his goals once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a super consistent goal scorer, but He's going to put a lot of goals on uh, Cole Caulfield's stick. I want to see how many shots he's taking because that's the one thing I always got. I mean, his mom got onto him for that. His shot rate was actually down this year, and that was a little unfortunate. But then it, it crossed my mind. If you're playing with Cole Caulfield and you're Yuri Slavkovsky, you're going to defer. You're going to defer. Yeah, every... he, he is deferring too much. That's and that's a, a, that's a young guy thing. That's just what they it do. Is. Yeah, I'm going to go check his shots this year real quick there. What do we got? Uh... Yeah, so... Slaff, I'm I'm in really encouraged by the development over the past uh, month or so here. I think mm-hmm. you can't expect that level of 
development to continue on that same arc right like there's going to be plateaus mm -hmm. every once in a while we say all the time development is not linear never but if this is how he develops where it's like flat and then spiking up then you know eventually the next time that things flatten out maybe we can expect another spike at some point you know like mm -hmm. the point production is going to be the last thing that comes for him mm -hmm. uh right now everything else is looking good he okay so when he before he got promoted to that top line he was shooting at about 3.5 shots per 60 and that that's actually down from last year from five and that 3.5 shots per 60 for those in the chat wondering that's nothing that's nothing like that's a terrible amount of shots that's a shot every three games right so now he's actually up to five shots per 60 which it's hard to actually move up that quickly so that's a good sign um his expected individual expected uh, xg per 60 is doubled since last year um mm -hmm. his high danger chances individual has doubled since last year so if his that's shooting good. if his shooting percentage was where it was last year he'd have more points than he did he'd be on pace for about 40 points this year hey that's not too bad you know second the year 19 year old that's like, for, that's yeah, like on third overall score. <laughs> scoring there yeah yeah absolutely and, and someone in the chat mentioned it where was it um that if caulfield had put a few oh yeah um, Dasharin says, I mean, once Cole figures out his slump, the top line should get going and running. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's another big part of it. I'm not worried, though, about Cole Caulfield. He's getting his chances. Nor am I. This is exactly what happened under Sham. And I always try to warn people. They're like, Sham ruined him. No, listen. Say we got a little lucky that Caulfield scored so much when he got there. And Sham was unlucky that he, like, it wasn't just Dom Sham that ruined his shot. Now, the development part was bad, but it wasn't Dom Sham's fault that, Caulfield didn't score on his first 200 shots of the year, you know? So, yeah. yeah I'm, but I'm I mean, he it. was playing him on the fourth line. Yeah, yeah. And stuff. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that was part. the big thing. But I, I think, like, whenever we're talking about Slavkovsky, we've got to, like, remember that the Canadians can't score <laughs> as a team, right? <laughs> like, their defense can score, their forwards yeah. can't score. Hey, they're so, tied like, with Colorado for first in the entire NHL for goals from defensemen, which is really weird because I feel like they don't have a ton of amazing offensive defenseman or anything but you know when Kovacevic is out there in the slot he's gonna rip shots home I think that's you know, he's just... been telling them jump into play though well let's be honest I, I yes. like I, I don't have confirmation but I get the sense that's a Martin St. Louis type of uh 100% and you saw that tonight yeah. with David Savard of all people and hey Jaden Struble my god okay but, good I mean, that's who I want before to we move about. on from Slavkovsky though I just gotta say because Leafs fans for whatever reason absolutely oh, they've been weird as minds. shit man they've been they're weird. so weird so weird about slavkovsky i don't know why maybe they're actually afraid of him I, I don't know it's weird it's like they see another fan base having some modicum of a good time and they're like no you must be miserable like me but like listen to the way the leafs fans talk about matthew nyes the dude's playing on austin matthews line and he's got six goals and five assists in 25 games I'm sorry, but if that guy was playing in Montreal, he'd have two points. Maybe. If that. <laughs> Maybe. Like... I will, yeah, I'll, I'll say this. It's because I post a lot of gifts. So the other day I posted, um, I wrote, haha, Slavkovsky pins the puck under his foot, then sent it out to Suzuki, who had a great scoring chance. And I wrote, not bad. Like verbatim, not bad. And then it got picked up. What's the name of them? one of them? Is like make belief Leafs or something. Anyways, this yeah, Jake Beliefs. Sure, There's a bunch they all of really look the same. Ones. They all look the exact same. They all have an Austin Matthews avatar with sunglasses, and they're like, "How fucking dare you say that? That was a great play." And I'm like, "Well, I didn't. I said it was 
not bad. And then that Jeff Vayette weirdo, who he's just like shitty towards francophones all the time, so he has a thing against the Habs. But then he starts saying like, oh yeah, they were saying he should be in the Hall of Fame. And I'm like, no, I, I said that. And I'm the one who posted it. I never said Hall of Fame. I said, not bad. So this like fucking tumbleweeded into the Leafs just having this circle jerk about Habs fans being so happy about Slavkovsky when, again, it was not bad. It's weird, man. Yeah. It's like they're they're I mean, re- really weird about Slavkovsky. It's really I weird. think Habs fans are legitimately happy about Slavkovsky right now because it's in reference to what it was like at the beginning of the year or what it was like on the Anderson new hook line. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's this huge change. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with how this kid's developing because everyone has started to realize that this isn't a first overall guy who maybe should have stepped straight into the NHL. This is a long development path guy, mm-hmm. a project as the Canadians said, and now they're seeing this project start to do things that are going to produce points in the future. And they're like, Hey, let's look at that. Let's reward this guy. Cause Let's face it, Canadians fans as a fan base, and I get on Canadians fans a lot because I deal with them all the time and have been for a very long time. And in online spaces, people get angry and, you know, you you get the worst of the worst in, in your mentions. But Canadians fans as a fan base are more attentive to details than most other fan bases. Oh so they're God, seeing yes. oh Caulfield, or not, sorry, no, sorry, not Caulfield, Slavkovsky pick up the little things and they're appreciative of that. But I haven't seen a single Canadians fan out there being like, oh, man, this guy's going to be a superstar. It it just doesn't exist. So this boogeyman, dumb Habs fan that Leafs fans like to pretend exists. Well, that's the thing is that they they, they invented like it's a hilarious way because they they invent something and then they get mad at what they invented. Yeah, (laughs) it's like that. It's like that. Oh, and somebody told me Steph Curry can't shoot threes. Yeah, yeah, that's like, exactly what it is. When, again, if you go back to the source, it's not bad. Literally, that's exactly not bad. It was just a fun play. But that being said, I have a, a tons of Leeds fans that I respect, but there is a really weird contingent, as you said, that are like weirdly obsessed with it. And they did the exact same stuff about Cole Caulfield. Like yep. literally the exact same stuff. So it doesn't surprise yeah, me th- in that sense. Um, there was a huge contingent that were saying that like Nick Robertson would be better than Cole Caulfield. <laughs> it's like, okay. Now here's okay, the then. fun part is that I remember when I was working for the Habs and the whole, uh, you know, because they got so cocky when they were up 3-1. Eh? And then I, I saved so many posts because I was going to put them on the Habs Twitter account. We had a fun thing. They all got deleted. So when I go back and I check those dumb, they're all deleted. So it's, I, I, I don't get it. But here's the fun part, Andrew, is if you respond, they're like, oh, you're mad. And, I'm, and you're like, no, man, I just, I'm like, really? No, Mark, rent free. <laughs> Rent free. <laughs> They're the ones that get weirdly obsessed by Slavkovsky. So I will say this, Andrew. You know what it reminds me of? It's when kids in elementary school can't really express their emotions and they start tugging on girls' pigtails. That's what it is. Yep. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And and that behavior is uh, shouldn't be normalized. Well, we can move on. Let's talk about real quick. <laughs> Well, before we move on, we should tell everyone, please like this. I I was going to do it, Andrew. I swear to God. Oh, shit. (laughs) But you always tell me you never do it. I was going to do it, though. You're right. No, no. Go for it. (laughs) Please like the stream. Subscribe to SDPN. We're closing in on uh, 100,000 subscribers here. And once we do, we get uh, more effective YouTube partnership. So it really helps the whole company. So, hey, if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. It really helps us out. And if you like the stream, well, definitely smash that like button. I can't believe you said Slavkovsky is going to be in the Hall of Fame, though, Andrew. God damn it. Uh, yeah. Ho- Hall of Famer, fans. better than Austin Matthews, so like, without better. a doubt. Oh, my God. Like, especially when playoffs come around. That yeah. I might actually be serious about. He'll be fun in the playoffs. Now, now I want to talk, and we'll get to the third segment, because we got a ton of people in the chat. And Bernardo just brought it up. Jaden Struble. 
Man. What about what about like? And this is what I meant to say because at one point everyone was saying, "Oh, um, Jacka is bad defensively," which that's not true this not year. Not true. And they were saying Struble's really good defensively, but I was pointing out like it's not his defense that's great; it's his ability. Yes, it plays into defense because it's puck retrievals and quick passes. His impact is offensive. That's where Struble really shines, and we saw a tiny bit of it. But that play tonight, Andrew, it reminded me what he looked like at Northeastern, and. Yeah. As soon as he got to Laval, you noticed his actually his overall play was better than Northeastern because he didn't have to worry about all the offense. In fact, if you're playing on a team with Logan Mayu, you really have to worry about the defense, right? So he wasn't really playing into that part, and, and his overall game got better, but it's still there. So now that he's getting more comfortable, Jaden Struble, man, it, like he, you can't send him down. You just can't send him down at this point. He no, he cannot go back down to Laval. He's no. too good. Yeah. He's just way too good. Like, and it's not just about. You know, the offensive production or, you know, being good defensively or whatever. It's everything combined. He has found his fit mm-hmm. and he is an NHL player. Uh, the, I love the way he su- uh, surprises guys that when you look at him with the puck out there, he looks like a small defenseman, right? Yeah. He's only six foot, which is undersized in the NHL. Mm-hmm. He's and, the smallest Habs defenseman. Other than yeah, uh, Jordan you- Harris, I believe is one inch smaller, but yeah. Yeah, and when Jordan Harris comes back, he'll be a little bit smaller. But you see guys, and they're like, oh, I'm going to wreck this guy on the forecheck. <laughs> and they bump into him, and he's just like, not today. And then he just goes out with the puck. And he, he has a little bit, like, I'm not comparing skill level. I'm not comparing effectiveness. But he's got a little bit of that Subban where he just puts out his arm, and he's like, not you. You're not allowed to touch me today. It's, it's like Dave Chappelle in that clip where he's just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> going through the, the club today. yeah <laughs> it's, it, um, it is awesome and yeah. the fact that he has the confidence to make those jumps into the rush already he's building it right slowly like he yeah. didn't just come out and just to, i was gonna say blow he didn't, <laughs> he didn't come out and just you know throw it all on the ice right away you're seeing that every game he's getting more confident yeah he, he's really really making an impression on it seems like the whole fan base right he, he's making himself into a fan favorite with his he, his ability to just be calm, mm-hmm. right? He just doesn't panic. I wish Justin Barron could have some of Jaden Struble's calmness. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he would just be, he would go from like a potential number four to a potential top pairing guy. Like that's how much better Justin Barron would be if he had the, like the maturity level of Jaden Struble. And, you know, maybe he'll get there one day, but right now I, I just, I really like this kid and I'm so happy for him that it's gotten to this point because I heard so many naysayers about Jaden Struble that did, that said the same uh, similar racist trope of like, Oh yeah, he's a great athlete, you know, incredible body, but got no brain. He very clearly has a brain and it's a very good hockey brain. He actually has some of the best vision. Okay. Cause I've said, I've actually had my doubts about him, but it wasn't the classic like quarterback. Oh yeah. He's really mobile. I was actually worried that his offense wouldn't translate to the pros, right? Because he was mm-hmm. taking advantage of just being stronger than everyone in the ice at Northeastern. Um, but the whole thing about he's, his vision is probably better than everyone not named Gooley and Mike Matheson. So I don't know about the whole intelligence thing. I, like, like, you know, some guys you'll automatically pick as cerebral. And I'm not like, you know, for the Owen Becks. Um, I would say Struble is right up there as well. I don't, I, like, I don't yeah. know if it's the first thing I'd say about him, but... Oh, yeah, I hate that when especially black athlete like, oh, yeah, really mobile, but not a great thinker. Like, oh, my God, that's <laughs> like that was bad in the NFL in 1988 and it's bad now. But J- Jaden Struble, 
has played within his means and he keeps bringing up one level, one level, one level. So he's been so smart yeah. about his own development. He's not trying too much, but once he gets comfortable, then he tries it. Man, that's the epitome of a smart player in the NHL, especially a rookie, man. That's, that's a smart well, player right there. And how many defensemen in the NHL have a better first two goals? Right. Than Jaden Struble. And that's like what, his first goal was, that's a highlight real goal. Absolutely. And that's what I was talking about that we had, we didn't seen it yet. He did that in Northeastern all the time. Now he had to, right? At Northeastern, like he was the guy, especially once Harris was gone. But that should be happening more often. Like I'm telling you, Struble has more to show us, but he's just giving it little incremental improvements. And it's fun to, it's like a little uh, amuse bush there, you know, game by game. And we're seeing just a little bit more from Struble. So I am. Um, I don't worry about a guy like him just because the way it's not just the plays, the way he's using his skills on the ice is very, very smart. So that like, I, I guarantee you the coaching staff right now is like, wow, we don't really have to coach him. And that's huge for them as well. Yeah. A hundred percent. He just seems more ready than I ever would have expected. Yeah. Well, he spent you know, a like, lot of time I, in college too, right? He's, he's doing his four, four years or just three. I, I think he did all four or maybe he did three. It was Harris at all four. Four. Well, I'm checking right now. Yeah, he did four in Northeastern. Yeah, that's so a him long and time, Harris man. both did all four. So that's and and there was worries that he 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 wouldn't now Harris. There was worries that he wouldn't sign either. Harris yep. always said he wanted to play four years and and like and studies are really important for the Harris family. Struble, they weren't sure, but I'm telling you now from here on end, we never have to worry about guys signing out of the NCAA for the Habs as long as Kent Hughes is there. Not going to be an issue. And I heard yeah. that he's been trying to maybe get other guys to drop their teams and come, but. We'll see how that goes. But but Andrew, yeah. like, he, he he's on pace right now. Uh, can I do this math without? He's on pace for about a, a, a like a twelve goal prorated season. That's not bad. I don't think he'll get there. No, you know, no, no, that, no, that, no. That's a lot. But if he can pop in even like six, that's really impressive for the defenseman that he is. Trizek nailed it really here. He says so far, Struble's best game has been his next game. And that, that's been true. That's a really good line. We should get Trizak on. Ever since he got that, called up. That was, that was <laughs> really good. Oh, I actually got the math right. Yeah. So he's projected right now on a 64 game, 12 goals and six assists. That's, he's not going to get it, but that's fantastic. That is absolutely fantastic. And as you if, mentioned. If you flip him around, he might get it. Yeah, absolutely. Six goals, 12. That would be, hey man, for a first year, that'd be absolutely great. And as you mentioned, nice. Like him joining the rush for sure. That's the type. That's what St. Louis mentions all the time. That's what he wants. And with Struble, how many times has he been caught up ice so far, Andrew? Again. Maybe once or twice. He's always getting back Is in there? it. Because like, I was going to say maybe one to give myself some, but I don't remember one. Yeah, actually. And there was one bad pass against Nashville. Yes. Yeah, there was. But, I mean. That's a barren per night everyone's there. everyone's going to make a mistake, right? <laughs> like, look at Caden Gooley. Like, he's in this bit of a struggle right now right this is worst stretch he, that he's had since he started playing that's fine yeah and he completely caused the first goal for pittsburgh it was well i'm gonna say this error. crosby is is still a force out there right yes like, crosby's a force but but yeah. kane gooley had the puck unpressured behind the net and he just he got barren. bottled it he got barren he, yeah he did get barren and i know uh, it was pointed out in the chat earlier it was kovacevic with the second one that that happened but uh after that, Gooley recovered really well. He had yeah. several really big defensive plays throughout the rest of the game. Really liked that. So players will make mistakes, right? It, mm -hmm. It's about what they do after and uh, how they make up for them that makes the big difference. And even Gooley, if you look at his numbers, like they're still not going to be great, but they're leaps and bounds ahead of where they were uh, last year. So really good in terms of his overall development. And 
as I mentioned last show, it shouldn't be, and I was happy at least tonight, one mistake by Ghoulie usually sinks the entire boat, and that's not because he's bad, it's because he's that important, right? So it was good to see yeah. at least uh, the Habs not necessarily lose because King Ghoulie dared have one bad shift, right? So yeah, absolutely, it was a, a fun game from him as well. Okay, I think we're going to jump into, well, Kay already started it, so there we go. We're going to jump into some fan questions, and before we do it, make sure to like the stream and subscribe and all that fun stuff that we always ask a thousand times over. We're here after every game, so if anyone's listening on the podcast, we really appreciate you. Our podcast numbers are going up and up. Share it with your friends. We would love it. Come join us during the games. We have an awesome community of Habs fans. Great, great people, open-minded and supportive. We always have a lot of fun. Kay is here. Kay missed a few games. I admitted it. Uh, I'll admit it. I was worried. She caught up with them and she even sent me a message the other day. She's like, wow, Laurie's a really good guest, eh? And that was my, like, yeah, absolutely. Laurie's a really good guest. Usually I get a little annoyed when it's, oh, your guest was really good, not you. But with Laurie, ah, what am I going to do? She was amazing. Um, question for the presser. Should they break up Ghouli and Baron? Both of them are struggling right now. What do you think? I Because they looked good together before, mm-hmm. I would let it ride until Harris is back. Mm-hmm. And when Harris is back, if Baron is still struggling, I think you scratch Baron for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe you send him back down to Laval. Maybe if he's yeah. still not uh, waiver eligible, and, and let him get his confidence back because he's a good player. You know, we've we've seen what he can be, but he has these stretches where he struggles. And and Gooley's similar, but I think Gooley's struggles are exacerbated by Baron's struggles <laughs> right now. Which I'm not blaming entirely on Baron because Gooley has definitely struggled, but. We all know Caden Gooley is a significantly higher value player than, than Justin Barron. I, I will say this. I say you keep them together because, have you noticed, and we, we haven't always been the nicest to David Savard in this uh, show. Since, Shit, has he ever been great? Oh, my God. Two games back. What a difference between him and Gustav Lindstrom, eh? Like, like miles, shit. miles of difference. Mike Matheson looks like Mike Matheson of old. Uh, pff, David Savard looks like Mike Matheson right now. Right? Like I, slower, <laughs> but he's getting it done. I wish, I wish they would have put him in the shootout, man. I, that would can you imagine? It'd still be going to, to now. <laughs> like people stood up for Josh Anderson, willing him to score. If they would have put Savard out there, yeah, that entire arena would be on their feet. I, I yeah, absolutely. I agree. It. I agree with it. What we're seeing is Mike Matheson's a little less afraid too. That if he goes for a little stroll, which is important. You're going to have someone back there. like And and again, I don't want to blame Gustav Lindstrom because there's absolutely no way he should have been pushed into the top pairing in the NHL. Can we just admit how crazy that is that he got pushed into the top pairing? Absolutely it, not. But it's Savard, a real weird decision. It's, it's, okay, Martin said he loves his left, right. He, he, like, he really does. And I think at the time you couldn't say Kovacevic deserved it. So I get it. But um, David Savard has been really good. Like really, really good. So man, I'm happy to see it. I'm really happy to see it. And that's that's a big deal for the Habs to have a good top pairing. It is. It is a, hu- a huge, huge deal, especially if it can take some of the tough minutes off of the younger kids, right? And and mm-hmm. give them a bit more support. Mm-hmm. And when Matheson plays as well as he's been playing, the team's significantly better. I was noticing and that today, yeah. Just to quickly circle back before we take the next question there, Mark, mm-hmm. uh, I looked up, because Natural Stat Trick is updated for tonight's game, the Uri Slavkovsky, Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki line together has a 56.8% expected goals for percentage. They are expected to score oh, 3.09. You're talking about goals. like all time there? 
Yes, this season. This season. That's the best line. Even that's like Doc numbers when Doc was on the top line. Yeah, that that's like Gallagher Tatar Dano numbers. Yeah, well, yeah, they were a little higher, but that those yeah, were, those were, were they silly. were closer to sixty. Those were silly numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those are silly numbers. Hey, man, I I I don't know if Martin Saint Louis loves the whole idea of analytics because he kind of had a bit of a cold cold reaction to it at first. But the Habs have people that can explain it pretty quick. Like coaches don't have time to go through these numbers. No, yeah, uh, he actually. He, he talked to this uh, earlier this season about analytics and he seems like he's warmed up to it significantly. Yes. yes. It helps to have Chris Boucher there because he is very good at taking analytics and putting them into actionable intelligence that you can use game to game. That was what his job was uh, before he came to the Canadians. Mm-hmm. So that's it, what he's there for. It needs to be easily digestible. And I think that's where you're having, right? Because if a coach, if you just throw a shitload of numbers, he'll be like, okay, I, this doesn't matter. But you say, hey, if, if this guy... By the way, your change that you did last night, this guy played much better because of it. Like, stay with that. So I feel like he's, I'm getting the same impression. He's warming up to it right now. So for sure. And he gets these every day. So I, he knows that that line is playing well. So I'm really hope. I'm really, really hoping they stick with it for a little little longer. Um, okay, which would you prefer? <laughs> the, the, the chat has a few suggestions. David Makar, um, Kale Savar. Or uh, Kavid McVar. <laughs> David McVar. David McVar. David McVar uh, is pretty good. Eh? I'll go Kale Savar. Kale like Savar just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Eh? It yeah. does, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. I like Kavid McVar. That's a that's a pretty good one there. Uh, Luc Boulian mentions, I had a good friend called Marie-Ève Boulian growing up. I don't know why I threw that in, but um, Caulfield is awful. I, I don't agree with you there. I'll say defensively, he's actually been playing really well. And we saw tonight. Yep. One of those shifts, and it was weird because I had the S isolated it, and they were shitting all over him. And I'm watching, and I'm like, this is a great shift. It was the one where it ended up with Slavkovsky got that chance up tight. Um, he pushed Peterson off the puck. Good forecheck. He was circling, going to high danger zones. I will say right now, I am not worried about Cole Caulfield whatsoever. It's not a Josh Anderson thing. Like, he, he's, no. he's playing well, and he's not a drag on his team. So, I get it. He needs to score more goals. We can't keep saying it's fine. This is a guy that's making, what, seven point something million this year? Is that it, Andrew? 7.8 or whatever it is? Something like that. He needs to score. But I'm not worried is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, at, at a certain point, you want to see the goals go in. But I think we have to remember this guy had shul- uh, shoulder surgery last year. That's like, part of it, too. There's yeah. probably adjustments that he'll need to figure out to get the puck exactly where he wants it yeah. under pressure like he was for the year and a bit that he was with. Mm-hmm. He was under Marty St. Louis, right? Like there's going to be an adjustment period. He'll find it. I would still bet on him scoring 40 this year. Eventually he's yeah. going to figure it out and go on an insane heater. Like last season, he was literally top. I think he was top three in the entire NHL in five on five goals. It was the power play where he That's was. That's the weird part trouble. is that he lost his five. on. That's why I'm not too worried. Andrew is I know the five on five is there. And he's putting up more scoring chances from closer to the net this year than last year. So, like, it's going to happen. But it's, it's not worried. he's a streaky shooter in the sense that Trinka mentions it's not like it was under Sham. Well, it is actually, again, not the development. It's just that he's, he, he was just not scoring, and he's still putting up a ton of shots. So his shot rate's the same. I don't well, worry too much about Colt. But, he was but, shooting from further out under Ducharme because he well, was he wasn't playing with players who could get him the puck in the right space. And but right? they, they did sport logic. I don't know how accurate it is. They're saying that he wasn't getting to the slot as often this year. From my mind and from the numbers and from I watch every game. Don't forget, I 
every single highlight, I clip it, I see it, I save it, I edit it, I put it on Twitter. So I see every single highlight four or five times. Um, Cole Caulfield's yeah. getting to the slot. I, I don't think that's the issue. I, I, like they said that it was, you know, they had fewer chances to the slot, but it was per 60. So anyways, I'm not worried about Cole Caulfield is my whole, whole, whole stream, whole uh, point of this basically. Yeah, 100%. Um, Bernardo asked, if the Habs get celebrating next year, oh, God, that would be, oh. Um, do they try to compete for the playoffs? I think at that point, you got to go. Because yep. one, of the, okay, one of the other fun parts, when I was talking about Slavkovsky's numbers the other day, or the other day, 15 minutes ago, um, one of the reasons, and this kind of dawned on me, like, man, maybe they forced him in the NHL because they were thinking about the entry-level contract. Because... You have a guy that'll have a potential that you'll be able to sign him pretty cheap, right, Andrew? Like he's not going to. Oh come yeah, at... his next contract's not going to be expensive, and that that's right about when the Habs were about to compete. Yeah, so I don't know. I, if I, I think I was you're just right. Galaxy braining it, but I'm like, man. I mean, that's... I remember talking about that when he was in the like last year. It was my preference was that they put him in the AHL because it would slide. Yeah. Right. But if they think that this is going to allow them actually to sign two full years, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or or if they can end up having him sign a longer term contract where they bet on him a little bit, yeah, but he makes like five million. I was going like to say six that, years. I was going to say Hughes might even pencil him down a little bit, but yeah, you have to give him you have to give him some some juice there. You know, yeah, if if you're giving long term, right? If you actually believe in him, you you have to give him a little bit. But I'm thinking like the Gallagher contract, but Gallagher had already proven it before right his his last contract it was a mm-hmm. a crazy steal but uh yeah i, I don't know I, it always whenever you're planning that far ahead salary wise it's like who the hell knows what could possibly happen it's kind of like if you're trying to play 40 chess with that it could really bite you yeah. but who knows uh i saw so k pointed out here and it's something that i noticed as well christian dvorak his uh shootout attempt what did you think when he ran into the goalie, which I don't think was on purpose in any oh, way. Oh, need, need, oh, actually, someone, I believe it was Jack Colborn mentioned that, turns out that Nadelkovich bit his tongue. Oh, was that what it was? Like, and, but oh, okay. I thought it was, because he need him real, it wasn't, it wasn't Dvorak's fault. It wasn't. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was his fault either, but I, I didn't like his reaction when he saw the goalie was hurt. I don't know if he thought he was faking it or what. Oh, I but... didn't notice. Did he just, because I have to clip, I'm going and I'm editing it and I'm throwing it back on. What happened? Did he not just like, did he not like, hey, are you okay? Or was, was he giving he, him he the just, bird? Or he like... looked back and like skated away. Like he, no, like, you I, do the, I, yeah, no. Yeah, you like do that. like, is he okay? Like you kind of look over, you know, like it, it's mm-hmm. not a big deal, but kind of bothered me a little. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's the same. It's kind of like when, um, again, going back to the Evans thing in the playoffs with the Jets, the only guy I really respected after that dirty hit was um, Nick Ehlers because he's the only one that actually checked in on that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Endless yeah. respect for Nick Ehlers. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. A good um, sportsman. Jack will say Slav's going to sign a Nick Paul type deal. Nick Paul, you're talking about like uh, when he went from the Suns to the Tampa Bay Lightning? What was it, like 4.5 or something? I think it's even less than that. I thought it was like 3 million. Mm. I, You know what, Andrew? I still go to... Um, um, uh, capgeek.com capgeek you mean cap friendly well that yeah that's that's are you're googling you're you're playing the role of google right now but yeah but i always still go to capgeek um oh yeah, boy. nick paul is 3.15 3.15 yeah i think that'd be that'd be yo, okay first of all julien because well i know it sometimes backfires but he has a lot of good ideas and that's one of them um yeah if you go to like 4.5 depends on next year too right that's the other part yeah but if Slavkovsky finishes the year with like 35 points or whatever next year, you're looking at a guy. Well, I was thinking like 35 this year, say like 45 next year. 
Yeah, then you're going to be about like 4.5 to 5 million just because he has that first overall. And and, and that that's, you're talking about almost doubling his points. Yeah, so you'd have to pay. Either way, it's going to be a pretty good contract. So to get back to the question, Celebrini, Macklin Celebrini, in my opinion, and I'm I'm going to say it again, I'm sure I'm wrong. He's not that far off from Connor Bedloch in terms of talent. Now, defensively, he's, he's bit, excellent. He's a bit of a mess defensively. I'm going to say, I mean, Bedard's not that great defensively right now either. And let's, uh, Macklin Celebrini is going to finish his only year in the NCAA as a 17-year-old. He's never going to play in the NCAA as an 18-year-old. Like, not yep. one game. Uh, I haven't actually... I missed the last Boston game. But he's going to finish with... What is he at? Like, 12 goals right now? Okay. He has 10 goals and 15 assists in 15 games as a 17-year-old. That is not just unheard of, Andrew. It's like blowing the lid off. And Macklin Celebrini yep. is exactly who the Habs need. But they're not bad enough to get Macklin Celebrini this year. You know, they might be. <laughs> you know, with, with with all the injuries, I will say that in if they end up with Macklin Celebrini, mm. the Doc injury will be seen as the biggest stroke of luck because the way that this team is, the way that they play, the way that they keep themselves in games that they really shouldn't be in, and the above-average goaltending that they seem to get almost every night, I think they would be way out of the conversation if Doc was still there. Like right now, makes, I think they would, would make be, a huge difference. Let's be like, honest. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. probably the most impactful injury in the NHL. This I feel like they've for like only just team. adjusted to Doc being gone, and it was yes. a game two. Yeah, it, it took a while, but I, I honestly think if Doc was in the lineup, this team would be like. Very close, Very close to, to a fifty, per, yeah. like a fifty percent expected goals team, and that even strength. The special teams would still be a, a huge issue because they were a huge issue. Well, Doc was going to play a big role on the special teams. Damn it, that's that was... true too. But <laughs> you know, Suzuki would be less worn out, which it'll happen okay. at some point this year where he'll get worn out. But like all these things, Monahan would have less pressure on him, right? Like a lot of. Issues that are happening right now would not be issues with Doc in the lineup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. I'd actually even, you know, with the way that Buffalo is just a perpetual pit of sadness, even though I always pick them to, to make the playoffs, and Ottawa is just epitomizes failure, um, the Habs would even have a shot at the playoffs a little bit with Doc. But that's, I'm getting ahead of myself. I will say this, though. The reason they got Kirby Doc on the cheap is, is he did have a history of injuries, right? Now, they didn't want to get rid of him, and this injury was random, but... When you go get guys like Doc and Newhook and Monahan, you can't be all that surprised when they get injured, right? I guess. I mean, the Doc one was pretty. It was random. Yeah, it's pretty freaky, right? But like, but we're talking about he's never finished a season, right? Like, sure, but he's also what twenty <laughs> two. He's very very young, yeah. So, but what he's gotten, but still four years out four times. I don't know. I I would just say he he would have cost a lot more if he was a healthy player. Is the way I look at it. Oh, 100%. 100%. So it's part I mean, of he played, yeah. he played, what, 70 games his last year in Chicago? He was That's just not, bad. not good. Yeah. That's so not I don't know if that was an injury or if he was if he was scratched. I no, no, he got, yeah, he was, it, it was an injury and he's he hasn't finished a year yet. But I'll say this, as much as I'm saying, like, they got it, and that's good. That's what you want to do in the market is you want to get guys that are, it's market inefficiency, right? That, like, essentially, mm -hmm. and Chicago did it to be to be bad as well. But I'm not all that surprised. Now, I would still go out and make that trade 10 out of 10 times. You know, oh, so. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, yeah, well, as Nick mentions, Ottawa's plus five. Habs are minus 22 in goals. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that's... Ottawa should be... That's going to bite them. 
Ottawa should be so much better than they are right now. And and I'll say so this. should Pittsburgh. So should Carolina. So you know, so should you know Carolina uh, New Jersey. Carol, you know who, what New Jersey needs? You know what Carolina needs? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. Look at New Jersey's defense, mm-hmm. and they have no veterans that are like good defensively. They've got a lot of young. Simon Nemich is like their best defensive defenseman right off the bat. <laughs> That's not good. No, know? I know. Like, I know. I know. I know. Dougie Hamilton's probably pretty good defensively yeah, too. He uh, uses you know, all the, yeah, not defensively in the way that I think most people. But see they need defense, a goalie. They need but... a Habs goalie. Look at Habs goalie too. So Al Allen and David Savard to the Devils for uh, Simon Nico Heischer. Oh, or Nico Heischer. Yeah, sure. Why not? No, I mean I, I do think that Savard to the Devils is a very big possibility. They're mm. a team that has playoff aspirations. I think he could really help them mm. in a role that's not as big as Montreal. And man, with, with the way he's playing right now, like I wouldn't be surprised if they actually get something decent for him. Not not like the Sherratt trade, but something mm. decent. I still just think that it's crazy that no one's moved for a Habs goalie yet. Like right now, Allen yeah. and Monta- Allen and Primo are still top thirty in the entire NHL for goals saved above expected. New Jersey's has the second worst, or no, third worst uh, save percentage in the NHL. Um, Carolina has the second worst save percentage in the NHL. Edmonton has the fourth worst save percentage in the NHL. I understand the point. You make a really good point that defense is what begets good goaltending, but. It's silly to me that there hasn't been a trade yet for a Habs goaltender. Like, I, I just don't understand. Yeah. And all these teams have cap space. The Habs can take guys back. I, I'm worried that Ken Hughes is just putting, is, you know, like, oh, I got to get a second for Jake Allen. If you get anything for Jake Allen, and I'm not trying to be insulting towards Jake Allen, you make the deal. You make the yeah. deal. If it's a seventh round pick, you know, you say, hey, throw in a B prospect, it's done. So, New Jersey in particular, I really feel the, like, uh, um, Vanacek well, they desperately and... need goaltending too. You're right. Vanacek like... has been just like gross mild there. He's been so yeah. bad. So... I know. I, I follow a lot of Devils fans just because uh, a friend of mine who passed away a few years ago had a lot of Devils fans friends. So mm-hmm. I ended up becoming friends with them. And a lot of them are putting the goaltending issues on the, the goaltending coach. Because this is like the fourth straight starting goaltender that has just fallen apart oh, really? at the seams under the same guy. Yeah. Speaking of which, so... who's the new Habs goalie coach that took over from um, that guy who... Um... Had or got arrested Stephane for Wade? beating his wife. No, no, um, Burke. Um, oh, oh, he was never the goaltending coach. He, he was, was the like advisor. The, yeah. When you can add know. a wife beater, anyways. Um, but who, who he's doing the new Habs coach has been goalie. It's not who who is it exactly? I'm someone mentioned it to me the other day, and he's not getting the credit he should because when Stefan Waite would take credit for Carey Price being good, I would roll my eyes a little bit. Um, Always. In this case, because he did he honestly, but Primo and Allen and Motabo all being top thirty. And this is guys that don't have a ton of starts, don't have a consistency. So yeah, I'm 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 really happy with that's going. Um, Bernardo mentions Eric Raymond. Eric Raymond. <laughs> Eric Raymond. Yeah, Bernardo mentions you can't trade Kale Savar. It's true. We forgot we can't trade. Uh, uh, we can't trade our our <laughs> all star defenseman and uh, goalie Goliath's foe. It wouldn't be an episode of Game Over with without Mac trading a goalie. I get it, and I have no defense for that. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take it. I'm just gonna upset <laughs> accept that one. Yeah. All right, uh, before before we go, I'm going to ask you a question, yeah. Mark. Uh, 2025 rolls around. Mm-hmm. Is Sidney Crosby wearing a Pittsburgh Penguins jersey? Because I don't think he is. You know, you know what would be the worst scenario? Is if we hear the old, like, oh, he's going to retire as a hab because he does want to. Like, that's been... Sp- th- he's talked about this before. Yep. And 
so many the whispers guys are out there mm-hmm, and so many guys have mentioned it where i'm like just because it's usually francophone players trying to get another year from someone else that they're using the halves let's be perfectly honest it's happened yes. a lot and as a proud francophone it bothers me a little bit now Sidney crosby not a francophone but he loves the halves you know what would be the worst possible scenario though if the Leafs come in and swoop him in at the last second to add that yeah. last piece to the Stanley Cup. <laughs> now it, it'll be either Montreal or Colorado. He'll either go play with Nathan McKinnon or yes. he'll play for his boyhood team. That's what I heard. I, as ha- well. I have a feeling that this is something that Hughes actually <laughs> like has been keeping his eye on, and mm-hmm. I do legit like I legit think I heard Avs too. Though. I heard Avs too is very strong possibility. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But I do wonder if like in two more seasons. Crosby at 38, eh? Yeah. Like, is Crosby really... Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. I'm not questioning if he's good. But (laughs) I'm like, is... Are the Colorado Avalanche in a cap situation where they can bring in Sidney Crosby? Because... I I, I assume he'd be signing a sweetheart deal, though. Maybe. But a sweetheart deal for Sidney Crosby is probably still, like, seven million. (laughs) He should have been making 15 million his whole life there. He should have been making the max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I so think that would be basically great. I'm saying the Canadians in 2025, 2026, Sidney Crosby, Macklin Celebrini, Sidney Crosby. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Get excited, folks. This is a guarantee, just like I guaranteed Bedard. And, and you know what would be even better if somehow Ovechkin and Crosby decide one million each? Let's do the Paul Korea, Timu oh Sanli, T, uh, Timu Solani thing in Colorado. That's what they need. You, you know, Ovi would want to play here, but I think oh, he thing loves is, it. Yeah. Ovi in a couple of years. I'm not sure you necessarily want him on your team. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Jack, who is a, uh, I just, uh, as a Haligonian, which is such an amazing name for people from Halifax, eh? Oh, it's like, a great name. People from Ottawa. I mean, is it, is it quite as good as the name from people from Moose Jaw? Moose Javians? Moose Javians? What about Dildo uh, Newfoundland? What are they called? Dildodians? Dildons? Dildons? <laughs> I, uh, Ottawa, do you know what people from Ottawa are called? Pretentious. No, do you know what? Seriously, do you know what their actual the name is for? It's Ottawans. Ottawans, yeah, yeah. Boo. Yeah, it's not great. No, not. I like think Montreal has one for English and one for French. Montreal, Montrealers. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah. Ottawa, Ottawa. Yeah, no, you're right. And and from Getzno, you're called a Gino Getzno. So, anyways, uh, as a Haligonian, if they hit the pubs with the same chemistry they would on the ice, the league is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard all sorts of stories. From NHLers going back, but I will say this: I heard all the stories about Crosby and McKinnon. I only hear bad stories about a certain Brad Marchand. So it's funny how there's a lot of parties out east, and Brad Marchand is always the guy that's sitting, standing on tables, shirt off, peeing on the carpet. You know what I mean? So yeah, I wouldn't be worried too too much about that. But Sidney Crosby in Montreal would be amazing, man. That would be. It's just a shame that it's not at his peak. And man, they came. They came with one ball away from drafting him, eh, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah, they were close. Although, you know what? Even if it's not at his peak, like, Sidney Crosby... Oh, my God. He'd still be... I don't know if he's ever going to be bad. Like, he just strikes me as the guy who might play hockey, like, as long as Yarmer Yager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's not just going to disappear one day and, and like, and fade off. It'll be... He's going to play until he feels like he's not elite anymore, and Mm -hmm. then maybe he'll hang it up. But Mm -hmm. physically, he's just such a machine. And... I, he doesn't get injured anymore, really. Like, yeah, well, Evan brings up a point. Like, will the Avalanche still have the pieces? Probably. Like, it's it's true that they're right in their window, right? But two years isn't that far away. And so many things can change in two years as well. The other day, or just yesterday on Twitter, people were saying, hey, what will the Habs look like in four years? And everyone had people from the current 
roster and prospects. I'm like, look at any single team. Four years later, half the team is gone, if not more. Yeah, That's it's just... unrecognizable. The, the cap world is just a different space. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's like what I've been saying a lot this year that it's going to be a tough situation for fans who get like really emotionally attached to players mm-hmm. with all these players that the Canadians have on defense. Cause already we've got a situation where Jack guys in the NHL, Jordan Harris is injured mm-hmm. and a lot of people like every single defenseman who's currently in the lineup to stay in the lineup. And they think all the prospects are going to make it, but they won't. Well, and some of them won't, but also like a lot of them already have to a point that's like more impressive than sh- what should have happened. Right. Like it's really only Norlander who's fallen off from the group from like Bergevin's draft picks, yeah, right? But like out of Engstrom, out of Mayu, out of um, uh, Hudson, and and I. Yeah, I know which one of those isn't going to make it. Lane Hudson, right? Like... <laughs> no, no, here's... he's he's going to be a. Here's the fun part. Do you know why Macklin Celebrini is going to dominate the NCAA in scoring this year? Because Lane Hudson, clearly, big time. Big time. All right, I think we're going to wrap it up, man. We had a fun show tonight. Um, last question. This comes from Trizak. Monkey's paw. You get Crosby. But you need to sign his best friend, Jack Johnson. Done. In the American Hockey League. No, no. He's got to play, too. Nah. This has got to be Jack Johnson's last year. Is it? It's got to be. I'm still not sure who's Jack Johnson and which one's Eric Johnson, if I'm being perfectly honest. No, Eric Johnson's Eric Johnson's not in Colorado anymore. I think Jack Johnson went back to Colorado. Okay. But that only happened for, like, what, one year in Pittsburgh, and then they realized it wasn't going to (laughs) work? Two it, years. It's just it would be, and as who mentioned the yeah the jersey sales, as Bernardo says, man, it would be it would be perfect for him, and and that would be the type of little fun advantage the Habs never really got that fun. Like like the Leafs got Brian Leach at the end of his career, uh, Eric Lindros. I, I was looking the other day, like Lindros had a pretty good year with the Leafs. Oh yeah, he was like damn good. And then I, I believe he got another uh, head injury, but yeah, the Habs would be fun if we get some of it. Like when Pierre Dubois this summer was talking about it. I, I was doubting Thomas. Like, I want to see it. I want to see it to believe it. Now, he really did want to come. But if he really, really wanted to come, Andrew, he, he could have made, made it happen, right? So I'm I'm a little jaded. If you really sense. wanted to what there, Mark? If you really I wanted to come. I know we were come. talking about handies earlier, but. <laughs> if he wanted to come, he could have, he could have just <laughs> let everyone know that uh, Montreal is the only place that he wants to come. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Desheeran says, I would buy a, a Habs Crosby jersey 100%. Yeah, I think every single person in Quebec would buy yes. a Habs Crosby jersey. <laughs> it would be such a moneymaker. It'd be unreal. It's to the point that, like, I didn't go to the game tonight. And I was talking to some people, media, and they said, well, you're not going? I'm like, no, why? And they're like, oh, I got to go see Sidney Crosby. And then I clicked. I'm like, yeah, that's really important. Even remember our good friend Julian last year or the year before he went to Calgary. He's like, I I need to come see Crosby at the Bell Center. I've never seen it. So, yeah, it's huge for everyone. Fans love it. And I'll tell you, he got booed a little bit tonight, but he gets cheered, you know, when he gets introduced. So, yeah, absolutely. Sidney Crosby would be fantastic. Hey, um, (laughs) as Kay mentions at the end, no nut November is over. And with that, we will come to a classy end of the show um saturday you're on saturday andrew yeah with uh laura from locked on canadians Ooh, love oh man okay damn i was gonna ask laura on. i was gonna say we haven't had her on in a while so a little bit jealous and a little bit annoyed at that but uh, maybe i'll get <laughs> maybe i'll get scott on the next show and then we'll we'll just shit talk you guys the whole time let's do it all right so as k mentions no nut november is over and game over montreal is over as well before we go make sure to like the chat subscribe all that fun stuff and i'm gonna do the same thing i do every time thank you so much honestly everyone 
here we have Ian, we have Trinka, we have Trizak, we have Claire. Hi, Claire. Um, the Shirin K. And we have a whole bunch of people that have joined us this year. Montreal MUFC, Jean Simard. A bunch of people have just joined the group and tell your friends we love having all of you here. Basically, oh, Goliath's foe as well knows all about my trades. Um, we wouldn't have a great show if it wasn't for all of you. And I, I really, really mean that. So I'm just, we're really lucky. Andrew and I are so lucky that we have such a strong support uh, group and uh, we wouldn't get up and want to do it if, if it wasn't for everyone. So thank you so much. And uh, we will see you on Saturday. Andrew will be hosting with the amazing Laura Saba. And no, Squirt Matla, it won't be on, but I'm going to see, I'm going to see if I can get Scoot Matla on for a game after that, as Evan says. In the meantime, that's it. That's all. Thank you all for joining Game Over Montreal. And I'm going to go ahead and say bye, Claire.